This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic, and always another week of a new episode, an interview of someone who I had a lot of joy with. This one's going to be a fun one. This one's going to bring the little kid back out of you. Um, I had the, 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 the amazing time of interviewing and talking with Frodo. Uh, hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic. I hope you are having an amazing week as we're ending this week Friday here, launching what we always do with a new interview. As I had an amazing time interviewing for Dus. He is, he's going to bring the little kid back out in you. You're going to get a little joy out of this episode. I even had a little joy out of this episode. I'm really big. He's an expert in creativity and how looking at creativity from a different perspective than what we normally see, being able to tap into different aspects of how to be creative and how to get it to the minute level of your life. And it was really a blast of connecting with him and sharing creativity and the purpose behind creativity. What does it mean and why we... 
We need to be focusing more on how to be creative and getting that back into our lives uh, because there's just too many times in life, in my opinion, that we're, we're so much in the mundane. I think as we become adults, we get so muted and days just go by. It's the same thing over and over. And I think it's because of a lack of creativity. Kids don't have this issue because they are creative. They're in a certain aspect of their mind, which is the right side of the brain or their intuitive side. And as we get adults, we, we get cultured, cultured, structured, programming, all these different factors that influence our mind to then all of a sudden we think this is how life is and we put it in a box and we lose out on the creativity and life just come, becomes a little more gray. But with, for DOS, we had an amazing time. We had a great time diving into this. You're going to get tips and tricks and so much more. Really excited. For those who don't know who Verdas is, he began creating media back in 1995. He founded Chocolate Moose Media. It's a hybrid social enterprise making for-profit television series and non-for-profit media campaigns. He also established television production companies in Canada and Asia, including partnerships with the Royal Family of Malaysia, the News Corporation, and UTV of India. At one time, Archbishop Desmond Tutu said to Ferdas, we need efforts like yours, a powerful communicating tool to encourage people to change their behavior and outstanding contribution. Exploring the nature and beauty of creativity along with the transformational nature it can have on one's life of those who use it, his new book contains a wealth of easy-to-digest insights and lessons on how readers can harness this amazing gift to create the life of their dreams. Verdas understands that creativity is not the only key to human growth, but also survival. As an activist, he has conducted in-country research for his humanitarian projects, including talking to hundreds of mass rape victims, children's rights activists, tortured survivors, and doctors in small villages coping with epidemics. He has worked with, in war zones in Central America, refugee camps in Southeast Asia, in medical facilities, NGOs, and youth centers throughout Europe and Africa. A fellow of the Royal Society of Arts, he was named one of the world's 50th 50 most talented social innovators and has received more than 112 awards, including the prestigious Peabody Award. This guy is the real deal. I am not taking any more thunder. I'm excited to have him on. Here is Ferdos Karas. Ferdos, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to have you on um, and everything that you're doing with your book and the whole concept of creativity, the times we're living right now. I couldn't say this is the most perfect time to have someone like you on the podcast to share with the listeners uh, and give them insights about creativity and so much more through these times. So thank you for being on and taking the time. Thank you for having me on the show. You're absolutely right. Uh, If there's one lining, good lining that's coming out of COVID-19, Actually, there are two, I think. The first one is that we've had to rethink everything. We've had to rethink everything both in our personal lives and in our professional lives. And I think that we've had to apply a lot of creativity. And the second thing is I think that we have realized that we are one human family after all. After all the divisions that separate us, like language and culture and religion and so on, we are underneath all that just one human family and we have been affected the same around the world by this pandemic. And I think those two, the application of creativity and the realization that we are, uh, after all, one human family on a planet and a fragile planet are the two good things that might come out of COVID. You brought something really important about that because for me growing up, I never understood uh, the divisiveness when it comes to you know humanity. I always saw us as one, right? Hum- humans are humans. And I always bring up the analogy that if you were on Mars 
you know how we say, you know, I'm, I'm from, I'm, I'm American. I'm from, I was born and raised in America. Um, you know, you're living in Canada and, and it's, it's, you look at these different, we talked a little bit about your, your background, which I know we'll get into a little bit. Um, but it's one of the things, if you were on Mars, what would you say you are? Well, I suppose you'd say you're a Martian, but you <laughs> well, let's say you're visiting Mars, right? And, are you, okay. you know, like for me, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm an American from Earth. You know, I'm going to be like, I'm a human being. That's absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely and, right. And it's, it's just something analogy. I can't. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's a great analogy. I love it. Yeah, it's just something I never understood growing up. I had it in early on. And, and so when I see all the different stuff, like in America, we have so much going on right now. And it's always been, it's always fascinating to me to be like, oh, you know, we're humans at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But I digress. Um, so I love the concept of creativity. I, I, I know I want to love to just share with the listeners really quick. How did you get into this? What was your story? What is your the path that led you to why creativity is something very important to your heart and that you're sharing with the world? Well, uh, it all started in Calcutta. Um, I was uh, born in Calcutta. My mother was the head of a national non-governmental organization there. She was a British-educated lawyer. And uh, she took me on her various activities while I was quite young. So at the age of eight, I met Mother Teresa several times. And that image of Mother Teresa working in a huge room in Calcutta, dealing with the poorest of the poor, people who were dying on cots in that room, is still etched in my mind as if it were just yesterday. I think I realized, looking back on it, I realized for the first time what it is like to work outside of one's comfort zone for the benefit of others. So that manifested itself later on in Bombay when I went to high school. I went to a really elite high school. Uh, And in that elite high school, my best friend and I set up a slum uh, a school in Islam, and we taught uh, whoever attended it every Saturday, whatever we were learning in our very elite high school. And so that early socialization, I think, has carried me in a straight line from growing up in Calcutta, where there was a great deal of poverty at that time, uh, to today. I don't think I've changed very much. I think that I've been consistent in my thought process throughout my life. And that early socialization and realizations are what have carried me through today. So after high school, I left India, went to Pennsylvania for high school for a year, and then as a Rotary Exchange student, and then did a four-year degree in three years, came to Canada to do graduate school, uh, started traveling after graduate school. I had written a master's thesis on the use of torture, banning the use of torture around the world through a convention, and then uh, decided uh, to do some work. Uh, I, I wrote a couple of books, went to Africa, uh, went around the world to different countries, and then uh, for five years, I was executive director of the United Nations Association Canada, which is the world's second largest. I was appointed when I was 26. I then worked for the Minister of Employment and Immigration, as she was then called on her immigration and refugee issues. And then the Canadian government decided to set up a new administrative tribunal to deal with refugees. I was in charge of something called the backlog of refugees because Canada's system had collapsed. We had a refugee toll of about 
128,000 claimants in a backlog from 115 countries. And I was asked by the cabinet to uh, clear it, which I did in three and a half years. And so after that five-year stint on the Immigration Refugee Board, I decided to set up a media company, but a media company with a difference, a media company that doesn't do normal you know, for-profit productions it does uh, mainly, if not solely now, non-profit production. So I set up the company as a social enterprise. In the U.S., it would be called the B Corporation. There wasn't such a term in 1995 when I set it up. So I've been doing this work for 25 years. And basically what I say I do currently is use media to better the human condition around the world. I love that. You have such a, a deft uh uh, a resume of credentials and things that you've done. And why then is, with everything that you've done in your experience, <clears throat> excuse me, why is it that, that creativity through all that became so important? Creativity is an absolute essential element, I think, in every human being. Some people think that we are born creative people or we're not, you know, that we have a talent, for example, for painting or writing or composing music. But that's actually artistry. That's not creativity. Everybody has innate creativity. And if you don't think you're creative, just think back to your childhood. You know, you sang, you danced, you drew, you used your imagination and your intuition, and therefore you were a creative human being. We lose the ability to be creative later in life as we go through life. Because after a school, which I think actually sucks a lot of creativity out of all of us, after that, we get worried about peer pressure. We get worried about what other people might think. And therefore, we become much more cautious in our adult life than we were as children. So I think that creativity carries us through from the beginning of our lives right to the end. And we apply creativity in many, many different ways. We are all creative people. Every single person on this planet is a creative person. The degree to which a person orients their mind towards creativity and thinks creatively is different. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get people to orient their thinking to newness, to come up with their own new ideas and to be receptive to new ideas that others come up with. I think that creativity has become such an important element in my life because, you know, we... we tend to eat three times a day to nourish our bodies, to give us energy, but we don't do as much to nourish our minds. And what I have been trying to do over the last 25 years is apply creativity and creative thinking to the world's largest problems. So the problems that I deal with are massive problems like disease prevention. I've been, of course, working a lot on COVID-19. Uh, I've worked previously on HIV AIDS, on Zika, on malaria, on Ebola in West Africa, so a lot of disease prevention. I worked on human rights issues, particularly as they relate to children. I worked on many refugee problems around the world. So these are massive problems, and those kinds of problems require a great deal of creative thinking in order to be solved. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're not dealing with huge problems, you don't need the creativity. You, in fact, need creativity right down to your own personal life. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how big or small the problems are that you're trying to deal with. Creativity is the best way 
to get around the various obstacles you might face towards solving your problems. I couldn't agree with you more on all of that. I think it's 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 very important, and you can use it like you just said in many different ways. Um, we I, I truly believe that we too are natural creative beings. In in I, I in my office in my chiropractic office, I work with about fifty percent kids, and it's it's always fascinating because they are so imaginative and creative in the littlest things that they do. Um, wow. It has always fascinated me because I'm like, I know I used to be that way. Um, what happens, I know we talked a little bit about it with peer pressure and things like that, but for individuals who, because, you know, the way the brain works is the more you, you fire a certain pathway over time, it develops and it conditions that way and it makes it easier to fire. And so let's say you're, you, you know, as we become adults, we, we have life, we got, you know, responsibilities and it becomes more of like the routine routine and we don't get, we don't create, I, I would say creative fun too, because if you're creative, I think that's being, having some fun in things. How do we break through that barrier and uh, that block? What are some ways people can, you know, get to be more creative, starting from the easiest thing to do uh, or the simplest thing to get started with? Well, that's what my whole book is about. The, the, all 130 pages answers your question. Uh, it's right on. Let's start with what is creativity. So here's my simple definition of creativity, and then we can come to what are the elements you need. So my definition of creativity is it is the ability to think differently by a mental process, original thoughts that leads to the creation of new ideas. That's all creativity is. It's a mental process. It's a transformational way of thinking. In my book, I go through what creativity is not. It is not a product, for example, even though you can create products using creativity, but the product itself is not creativity. It's not innovation. Innovation is the result of creative thinking, but it is not creative thinking in of itself. So what, is it, what do your listeners need to do? I put down eight elements that I think you need in order to expand your mind to become a more creative thinker. First of all, you need a creativity-enabling environment. And that doesn't matter whether it's in your personal life or it's in your professional life. In professional organizations, they might call it an organizational culture. Or in your personal life, your spouse or your partner or your children or whoever uh, must allow you to be a creative person. I mean, I live, for example, in a, in a very creative household. All my furniture looks like it yeah, came out of Alice in Wonderland uh, a store or something. It's very colorful and it's unusual. And so you need a creative environment. You don't have to have colorful furniture, but you need both in your personal and professional life, you need a creative environment. Secondly, you need to focus on innovation. Innovation is the result of creative thinking. So if you have a focus, on innovating all the time, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, you'll become a more creative thinker. Thirdly, you need creative freedom, and that includes the ability to fail. One of the most important elements is in becoming a bigger creative thinker, better creative thinker, is that you must embrace failure. You must understand that you are going to fail. You must have others that accept that you are going to fail and that you have the ability after you fail to apply creativity yet again 
and get up and get going and get on to the next element of what you want to do. You need to be treated with respect. So if you, if you fail and somebody says, well, you know, I, I told you that was going to happen or that was obvious or, you know, we shouldn't have tried that, whether it's in your personal life with your partner or spouse or whether it's in your professional life, you are not going to be able to succeed as a creative thinker because you need to be treated with respect. You must have multiple roles. There is no person who leads an organization or a company or anything like that who doesn't have multiple roles and they all have to apply creativity. So a CEO of a big company has to be the chief spokesperson, has to be a marketer, has to know the production process inside out, has to do all kinds of things that a company needs leadership in. And they have multiple roles. You need money and tools to be a creative thinker. You can have the greatest idea. I mean, let's think of examples in history. You know, the Wright brothers had the idea of creating a, a, a machine that could fly, but didn't actually have the means, the money or the tools to create the aircraft. We would know their name today. They would just simply have had an idea uh, and we would know who they were because somebody else would have had the same idea and would have had money and tools to actually create the first aircraft that flew. So you need money and tools to be a creative thinker. And I say that you need one characteristic above all else. And what's that one characteristic? That one characteristic is passion. You need passion to be a creative thinker. You must fundamentally believe in yourself, in your ideas, in your creative thoughts, in your ability to be a creative thinker and to implement your creativity. That's what you need. That's absolutely passion is absolutely the result of creative thinking. And you need to have passion to be a good creative thinker. I couldn't agree more on the last one. I think that's what helped me survive and, and thrive in my career was the passion behind everything. One of the things that I was told, and I, and, I, and I went through this in understanding, and I'm just curious, I want to pick your brain on this a little bit. Um, when, you, know, you have to have the means financially and stuff to be creative in some ways. What happens when someone doesn't have the financial means? Let's say they're struggling just to make, they're, they're, they're just, let's say they're a business owner just starting up, or let's say we're going through COVID right now and their business was shut down. Um, if in America, we've had a lot of those. Um, and they, they, their financial aspect has, they're financially strained. How can someone be creative um, and if it's in the book, you can let just we can reference to the book. But um, how can someone through that process still be creative in some way, shape or form? Well, that's the whole point of creativity. What you're suggesting is that there are certain constraints or problems. And, uh, for example, not enough money to keep your business going. But creativity is the best tool for problem solving. First of all, creativity reduces your stress and anxiety. You have more fun as a creative thinker, and I can give you examples of, of why and how that is. Creativity allows you to find new approaches. So it's not just you know looking at a problem, but it's actually different approaches to try and solve the problem. Creativity leads to the unknown. If you know something, you don't need to apply creativity. It is the unknown 
that requires creativity. So that creativity leads you to a different place than you already are. Creativity is what you need to find all your problems and then to solve all your problems. It's looking at every angle of a solution so that if you think you have a solution to a problem, like lack of funds, for example, well, think of the alternatives. Don't discard the solution you've come up with, but apply creative thinking to, to come up with different solutions. Put into your brain the fact that there might be more than one solution to this particular problem. And so don't stop thinking about it when you come to the first possible solution. Keep thinking about other solutions because your 10th solution might be the best one. Creativity promotes flexibility and creativity promotes prototyping. And prototyping is when you just try out something in business or whatever. You try out uh, a, a solution, you try to make something, you try a new product, but you don't go to the end result. Like you don't completely make the new product. You just prototype, you just make a sample, you know, you go halfway, you see if it's going to work or not. It is creativity that you need the more difficult the problem. So the most difficult problems in your life, whether they're personal or professional, can only be solved by creative uh, thinking. And if you are a creative thinker, you will have much more fun in life and you'll be able to solve your problems much easier. And I can give you examples of this in, in your individual life or your professional life. Uh, how you get around the problems you have is simply by identifying them, looking at all the approaches through creativity, and then continuing to apply creative thinking throughout uh, your your uh, existence. I love that. Can you share an example personally? How would that in a personal someone's personal life? How would that look like? Well, for example, uh, I uh, have a problem tying my shoelaces. They don't stay tight. And so uh, when I tie my shoelaces, I try and think of creative ways of, think, of tying them. Actually, mathematically, if you have six holes in your shoes, there are over a trillion ways to tie your shoelaces. Now, I apply creativity, and sometimes uh, my shoelaces look kind of stupid, but uh, I have keep trying out different ways of making my shoelaces stay tight. To become a creative thinker is simply a transformational process. It opens up your mind. And so when you're thinking about these kinds of problems, even a personal one, even let me give, let me give you another example. Next time you take a photograph, you're going to take a normal photograph of, let's say, your spouse or your children. You go st make them stand there, you know, stand where you want, put them in the background that uh, you want to take the photograph of. And then next time, apply creativity. Zoom in, take just their nose, or take just their eyes, or take just their hands, or take just one part of their body. Then go and find the funniest thing you can find, like a toilet brush, and make them hold it. I mean, just, you know, next time you take a picture of your kids, just ask one of them, here, hold this fly swatter, you know, uh, and then take the picture. So what you're doing is you're applying creative thinking to taking a photograph, something that you've done over and over and over again, it's become a habit as to how you do it. And suddenly now you're going to become a transformational creative thinker. So you're applying your creative thinking 
on taking that photograph of your child. You're going to give them that fly swatter to hold. They're going to start laughing and you're going to get a photograph that you would not have gotten a photograph before if you had not applied your creative thinking. So that is the, an example of the difference between what is routine, what is habitual, and now what is creative, and therefore what is new. How much does culture play a role on limiting creativity? Because some people may look and go, fly swatter in a hand in a picture? I don't get that. Um, how much does culture influence to us to not be creative and to follow like norms, right? Like you were bringing up like habitual habits. And uh, sometimes we'll see people who will do something or somebody does something. They're like, Oh my God, that's great. I'm going to do that. And everyone starts to follow it and do that instead of, uh, is that like a limitation to creativity? Cause it's not, they're not being individual to their own creativity. That's right. Exactly. And the herd instinct. Uh, and I say in my book that group think, is, is what results from the lack of creative thinking, the herd instinct, if you'd like to call it. And so I, I don't believe in groups. Even in companies, I advise companies, do not put your people into a group meeting and say, come up now with a new innovation. It doesn't work. Because creative thinking is an individual thought process. Groups do have a role to play in creative thinking in the sense that they take your innovation, your innovative ideas, and they might implement it or they might improve it or they might change it, but that comes after the creative thinking process. It's another process. Uh, There are numerous examples that we all have in history or in life uh, ourselves where we have lacked applying creativity. And you can also look at very successful companies and people who have applied creativity. And the largest company in the world by market capital right now is Apple. Well, Apple was started by two or three guys in the garage, as we all know. And it became a creative company, and therefore it is now the world's largest company. Well, who actually started the mobile phone business. It wasn't Apple. It was another company called Motorola. Motorola originally had the idea of coming up with a cell phone, a mobile phone, and had the market pretty much all to themselves at the beginning. And then other companies came along like Apple and later Samsung and so on, and took over the market from Motorola. Because although Motorola had the original idea of a mobile phone and actually produced the first mobile phone, the first product that people could buy, they didn't continuously apply their creativity and therefore they were taken over by another much more creative company called Apple. Uh, And so that is an example of not just applying your creativity at the beginning, but applying your creativity throughout the process continuously applying creative thinking. And that's the same with our, with our persons, with, uh, with ourselves. You know, if you're in a long-term relationship, it probably could use some creativity. All the people, men and women or whoever, who have succeeded in having long-term relationships, research has shown over and over again that they stayed in love because of their creative thinking. If you have a relationship that is static, it is not going to be fulfilling. 
It is when you apply creativity, you come up with new ideas, new ways of making your spouse laugh, new places to go with your spouse, new things to do with your spouse. That's the, the, the wonder of life. You apply your imagination and your intuition to your relationship. And believe me, you will have a much more fulfilling relationship and a happy relationship and a long lasting relationship. Would you say that where where creativity comes is where we put our energy to and our focus to um, in the sense that because and the reason why I say it like that is because um, <clears throat> as a as as who we are deep down who we are I think we're all we're all creative in a way and I think we're if we put our energy to where like you were saying if you put your energy into a marriage and you don't you don't let it get static you think of new ideas you think of new things to do um, you keep putting that energy in and that creativity and in the passion and you keep it alive would you say that's kind of the the concept behind that absolutely that is exactly the concept behind it creativity is broadening your thinking it is a new way of thinking it is a transformational way of thinking so it's simply saying okay i am not going to do the way the things the way i have already done in an organizational culture if you have a company where the boss says, well, you know, we've done that, or we're not going to try that, or that's a stupid idea, it's time to move on to another company. If your spouse tells you that continuously, maybe it's time to get out of the relationship. So it is, I think, the application of creative thinking, the ability to fail, the ability to be wrong sometimes, uh, the ability to not uh, be, be accepted, that's how the world moves forward. That's how we innovate. That's how we get new ideas. The best example I can think of in history is the painter Vincent van Gogh. Now, Vincent van Gogh uh, apparently only sold a couple of paintings in his life. Yet today, he's one of the most celebrated painters, and his paintings, if they ever come on the market, go for tens of millions of dollars. Well, in his time, Nobody believed him. Nobody thought this is a valuable painting and I'm going to buy this painting. In fact, almost nobody bought his paintings. He had to barter some of his paintings for food and shelter to stay alive. Yet today he's so celebrated. And the reason he's so celebrated is because we have a different appreciation of his artistry, a different appreciation of the creative mind that created the paintings that we now celebrate today. And I can go through history for, with person after person after person like that who did not get acceptance at, at the time when they were doing their creative thinking and later on got great acceptance uh, outside of their uh, environment. And that's true not just in history, that's true also in our personal lives, in our professional lives at the present time. Yeah, I can think of a lot of different people right now who are like that. Would you say that the people are the most creative are the transcenders, uh, the ones that lead the way in their industry as a business owner, you know, someone like, you know, Elon Musk, who took SpaceX and said, hey, what if we put a rocket up and we could bring it back down compared to just wasting it? Um, or you know, individuals like that? All of creative, all people who started a company, no matter how big or small, 
are creative thinkers because they came up with some new idea uh, and they said, okay, I see, a, you know, this is the new idea. And Elon Musk is a good example. Steve Jobs is a good example. These are all people who started with absolutely nothing, who applied their creative thinking and who became multi-billionaires and who transformed the way the world works. It doesn't it need that kind of transformation, by the way, that kind of innovation. But Elon Musk is a good example, I think, and I mentioned this in my book, of when people apply creative thinking, they're quite often creative in different fields of endeavor. And, create, and Elon Musk started not just the SpaceX, uh, the space company, but also, of course, the car company and so on, Tesla and so on. So uh, I think, you know, if you, if you think, for example, of Marie Curie, Marie Curie won two Nobel Prizes. More recently, there was a famous uh, person called John Nash. And John Nash, who had some personal problems, actually won the equivalent. He won something called the Abel Prize in mathematics, the equivalent of Nobel. And he won the Nobel Memorial Prize in economics. So he won two Nobels. So I think that when you apply creative thinking, when you become a creative thinker, you will do so in many different fields of endeavor. When I'm tying my shoelaces and I can't get them to stay and I'm thinking of creative ways to uh, keep them tight, it's the same thought process that I have, for example, when I lose my keys and I can't find my keys. And then I think, okay, I'm going to apply creative thinking to come up with the fastest possible solution so that I don't waste a lot of time trying to find my keys. And if you're a creative thinker, you're going to find your keys a lot faster than if you're a non-creative linear thinker. It sounds like just being creative just takes us, it takes a lot of stress out of life and it just allows you to be, be and then we said this in the beginning of the, this, the, the episode is just to uh, be that kid like again and just be adventurous you know, and just think of little things. Like, I love how you brought up the key thing. Just be creative. The shoelaces, be creative. I know how it is with shoelaces. I always have to do a double knot all the time or else they get loose. Um, but now you got me thinking like, how can I, how can I create a new way of tying my shoelaces than what I've been taught? Absolutely. And by the way, let me give you another thought, uh, not just about shoelaces, but you put your shoelaces on your socks. Have you ever worn two different socks? Oh, yes. Happens often. Accidentally? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I'm in a rush, I don't care what I'm putting on, but sometimes accidentally it'll happen. All right. Well, next time, do it intentionally. Creativity is grabbing new ideas. Creativity is what makes you laugh, makes you uh, have fun. Creativity is what stimulates your brain. So I constantly, intentionally put on two different socks. I mean, it's just a small little thing to remind myself to be a creative thinker. And sometimes people, other people notice that I have two different socks on and they think, oh, well, that's an accident. And they start laughing and I say, no, actually, it's not an accident. I intentionally wore two different socks today. Let me tell you why I wore two different socks today. And then we get a discussion going about how to become a creative thinker. So, you know, uh, just try it. I mean, try whatever makes you happy, uh, whatever makes uh, you uh, think differently, 
come up with a new idea. And if it's, you know, putting on two different socks, we'll try it tomorrow morning. Try putting on two different socks and think, okay, that's creative thinking. That's, uh, you know, uh, that's a different way of doing things. It's a small example. It's not going to cost you any money. And maybe somebody else will notice and maybe you'll then get that person to think creatively as well. I love it. And it's just something simple because I'm all about when it comes to creating new techniques or doing something, I'm like, how can you create it in the most simplest way and start there? And you just really shared that with us and the listeners today by just saying, wear two different socks. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. And everything, everything you possibly can think of to do. So you don't need to go far. Creativity is all around you. You're probably sitting on a chair right now, or if you're listening to this, or if you're driving in your car. Believe me, if you're driving in a car, a great deal of creative thinking went into the design of that particular car that you're driving. A great deal of creative thinking went into every element of that car, not just the overall design, but the way it works, the engine, every part of it. And by the way, in my book, I, since I mentioned cars, in my book I quote Henry Ford, and Mr. Ford said quite famously, that if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. And that is a prime example of creative thinking. You have to step outside your box. You have to step outside what you normally do. You have to create new ideas, orient your thinking towards new ideas. So yes, the people who Ford uh, would have asked, what do you want? And they would have said uh, faster horses because they couldn't conceive of a, uh, of a uh, um, car at that time. It, it, you can go through life like that continuously. I mean, everything will be new. I can't foresee what happened. Like, uh, you know, I have two children. What will the world look like? What gadget will they be using when they communicate when they're my age? What, uh, how will they get around the world? If they want to go to Tokyo tomorrow, how will they get there? I can't envision it. You and I can't envision it because we, creativity doesn't mean that we can always foresee the future, but creativity is what we need to bring us to the future. That's so true. Yeah, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, well, they're going to be the transportation is eventually going to happen when we transport from one place to another. But then I'm like, I have no like I think about it in cars. And I love how you brought up Henry Ford, by the way, because I was thinking of him when you were talking about Elon Musk, because uh, his I know you probably know his history very well, where he uh, he, he wanted to create cars in so much so many different ways. And uh, with the assembly line and everything and JP Morgan was actually like, no, we're going to make cars just for the rich. That's what we want to do. And that's what we're going to do. And he's like, no, I, I, I know we can make it cheaper and better. And that was a creative process where he, he started uh, with utilizing the, the assembly line to do that, to make it cheaper so other people can have their, what they asked for, right? Faster horses, just in a different way. Absolutely right. And you know, you can go 500 years before him, before Henry Ford. Do you know who had the first idea of motorized transportation? It was Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci, 500 years ago, came up with mechanized uh, transportation 
actually he more or less created in his mind and drew the first helicopter. And of course, nobody could create a helicopter in those days. And he didn't have the means to implement his creative ideas, but he came up with them. I think Leonardo da Vinci was probably the most creative person that we know of in history, because a lot of what we use and come up with today is actually from them. Albert Einstein is another person who transformed the way the world works and the way the world thinks. And again, if you think of math, if you think of uh, science, you might think that's not a creative process. I mean, one plus one equals two. Okay, one plus one equals two, but actually you need pages and pages of math to prove that one plus one equals two. Do you think mathematicians aren't creative thinkers? They're highly creative thinkers. Look at uh, people like uh, Stephen Hawking and his writings. They're highly creative thinkers. They're the people who are able to transform the way we look at the world and our place in this universe using science and using mathematics and physics and astronomy in that case. But yet they're highly creative thinkers because the way they approach the problems that they're facing and the way they communicate the science that they've come up with involves a lot of creative thinking. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, especially in the today's age with data and, you know, algorithms for social media and different, now all the how algorithms are being used. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing how they can uh, create all that in a, in a, in a way and communicate via numbers and, and all these math. I've seen some of the formulas and I just get blown away by like, who came up with this? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know that LinkedIn, which is the world's largest platform for employers and employees to get together, uh, does an annual survey uh, of employers asking them, what is the skill that you're most looking for in a future employee? And for the last five years in a row, it has been creativity. The top skill that an employer is looking for in today's world is the ability to think creatively. It is not how much engineering or science or whatever knowledge you have. It is the application of creative thinking because they know that if you are a creative thinker, no matter what the field you're working in, of course you have to have expertise in the field, but that is secondary to your ability to use that expertise to solve problems and to come up with new innovations that are going to make that company successful. So creativity is by far the number one element of human endeavor that employers are looking for. And I think that in COVID, as I said, in COVID-19, we have the opportunity to rethink everything. We, we, we suddenly have to. It's been thrust upon us. You know, we're all working from our homes. I'm actually talking to you from my home right now. Uh, I live in Canada, and Canada's borders are still closed. I have not been able to travel since March, which is the longest I've stayed put in one place since I was 16 years old, actually. Um, but uh, we are all forced to rethink everything, that, and that has meant that we have suddenly had to apply creative thinking in our professional lives and our personal lives because of COVID-19. 
I couldn't agree more. And I couldn't agree with link even more too with LinkedIn, because like we talked about earlier today and everything, how creativity is phenomenal to helping create, to solve problems. And like you said, with COVID-19 and everything else going on, we had to get creative. We have, and creativity allows us then to adapt because we look at the situation, we see the problem, we say, okay, let's get creative and let's, let's figure out a way to create a solution. Let's try some ideas until something sticks. Uh, or something works in that matter. And I think one of the things too is that, and you mentioned earlier too, is the uncertainty, right? You have, it's, it's stepping into the uncertainty. Um, and I think when you do that, you get out of, from a neurological side, you get out of the left brain, you go into the right brain, which is a more creative process. And you yeah. allow for that to come into fruitation and allow that to just trust and have fun and not take life so seriously. Would you agree? Absolutely right. You're totally right. Right brain thinking is creative thinking, it's intuition, it's imagination, it's all those associated uh, elements in your brain. Left brain thinking is very linear, it's called logical thinking. Uh, and that's really, we have applied logical thinking a lot and we have celebrated logical thinking for the last like 30 or 40 years. But now I think the world is slowly moving towards realizing that actually right brain thinking, creative thinking is what is really needed in the world. And that is really nothing less than the future of the planet depends on our creative thinking, on our creativity. Every innovation is the result of creative thinking, and that's how the world moves forward. I couldn't agree with you more. And just to add to all the listeners, um, you know, the right brain can process millions of bits of information compared to the left brain, which can only process roughly plus or minus two, seven bits of information per second. So it's, it's just a fascination of how um, the computing processes uh, of right brain compared to the left brain is and what it's able and the cap capabilities of what it can do. So yeah, I totally agree. I think that's where, and I think that's where we are as humanity, we're being challenged in many ways. And especially with COVID, it was I, I, everyone that I've been interviewing since COVID started has all talked about the silver lining behind it. And it's one of the things where we are seeing, you know, it's that aspect of we got to get out of left brain a little and get more into right brain. As you talked about today, creativity, we have to tap into that. That's going to be the problem solving to all that we experience in life. And it, it makes life a lot more fun, if you ask me. Absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it is. So that my book is called Creativity, the Key to a Remarkable Life. And that's, that's really what, what you do. You, you design your own life with creativity. It's the best way you can use creativity, no matter what stage of life you're in, how young or old you are, what you do. You can use creativity to redesign your life, to create a fantastic life for yourself from this moment on. You'll have a lot more fun if you become a creative thinker. Don't just live your life. Don't drift with the flow. Don't let others decide what you're going to be or what you're going to do. Decide for yourself. Apply your creative thinking. And by gosh, you really will live a remarkable life uh, as you go forward. You'll achieve whatever you define for yourself as your own success in life. I love that. This is a great way to end the pot episode. So before we close, how can people connect with you, find you, get a hold of your book, all those good things? 
Well, they can go on Amazon or any of the other platforms to find my book. It's called Creativity, the Key to a Remarkable Life. They can also come to my website. It's uh, based on my company name because my name is a bit difficult, I realize, to pronounce. So it's called Chocolate Moose, M-O-O-S-E, not the dessert, Chocolate Moose, the animal, media. And you can go there, you can order my book, you can give us your email, you can go on Facebook and, and follow us on Creative Thinking. If you order my book through my website, you will get a personally signed copy. It doesn't cost anything more. But if it's easier for you to go on Amazon or any of the other platforms, you can uh, find my book there. You can also, if you want to look at my work that I mentioned, uh, go onto my Vimeo channel. It's under my name. There are over 4,000 uh, videos there in 390 languages uh, that have been used in 198 countries on all the issues I mentioned. You're welcome to view them, to download them, and to use them free of charge in any which way you want. There is no obligation at all. We don't even ask for your email address. We don't, know, we don't want to know who you are or what you do with the work. It's there for you to take and use in any which way you want. So it's been a real pleasure, Victor, to, have, to talk to you today. Thank you for this opportunity to be with you. Verdose, I appreciate you and all the work you're doing. You're bringing the kid life back into adults where it can truly transcend us to a whole different world uh, than what we've been experiencing so far. So thank you for all that amazing work, and I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And... Uh, Keep thinking creatively, and you, too, will have a remarkable life. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. Until next time, keep rocking and rolling.